from wallstack.ca. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast Series, where we discuss all kinds of financial principles, concepts, and products. Our aim is to make money matters simple again. Welcome to our podcast show, where we make money matters simple again. I'm Vincent Hayes, and this show is sponsored by wallstack.ca. The focus of this series of podcasts is really to help people understand financial services and financial planning better. Now, there are many places where we can start talking about financial planning. But really, when we go through this series, we want to make sure that we speak to the non-financial person of a family so that that person can understand financial services a lot better. And you may ask, why another podcast series on finances? Well, the simple reason is I've been speaking to hundreds of clients and also to hundreds of financial advisors, and they all say the one common thing, people just don't know. And that is a, that is a fact. If you know, We've seen that if clients understand better, if they understand their finances better, they know better questions to ask, and also no one really will look after your finances better than yourself. In the studio today, I have my lovely wife, Karen, and uh, we want to unpack a few things that we've learned the last few years about finances, and we thought it might be really useful to share that with our friends online. We know that our relationship with money really impacts the way that we deal with people, and especially within the marriage context, but also when people are single, how they relate to other people depends on their view of money. So at the end of the podcast, we, we will share just you know a couple of tips, that uh, practical tips that we think that people can implement that, that will just help them in this process. But let me bring Karen to the discussion. You know, we've been married for 23 years. Everyone tells you that when you marry someone, you do not only marry the person, but also the family. And it's great to have you, Karen. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, on your show today. So I think, first of all, I'd like to say that, yes, we come from different backgrounds, but we're also very different in personality. Mm. So Vincent is an actuary with his analytical mind, I would say, and I am a musician by profession. So it's quite a, a different way of just doing everyday life, I think. And then, of course, our families differ yeah, quite a bit, I, I would say. My dad worked for um, a big corporation and he ended up with a defined benefit pension plan and mom had a small business, whereas Vincent's parents, his mom had a, a factory, a bed linen factory, and dad was a farmer with multiple farms. So there was quite a big difference in how how they they handled their finances. I think my parents were definitely more used to the monthly salary, whereas Vincent's parents, the more of an entrepreneurial uh, background. Yeah, so we've, you know, we've looked at those uh, different ways that they handled money. And, and obviously, like in any couple, there's always a, a bit of uh, stress and fighting. <laughs> you know, we've, we've intentionally thought that, yes, we want to take the, the, the great things that they've taught us. But we also wanted to add on top of that some stuff that we've learned over the years and and just kind of implement that in within us as a family. And those are just five principles that we just want to share with you today. And the first one really is the principle of everything belongs to everyone. Karen, maybe mm-hmm. just your view on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think as I am a musician, I obviously do not earn the same kind of money that Vincent does. 
And I think that that can be a bit of a an issue in, in different households. You know, if if you have a split income between two, and um, one is responsible for this and the other is responsible for that, it becomes. I think it can become quite an, an issue of conflict. Whereas we just decided to put everything together in one big pool, and like Vincent said, everything belongs to everyone, and then we kind of work from that pool instead of having two basically two separate financial goals or yeah, plans or whatever or, or lives yeah. Really. yeah yeah so that that you know so practically we we had we have one bank account where money comes in and then and then multiple other savings accounts or bank accounts that we allocate money to you know for Karen to go and spend the money that she's responsible for like let's say groceries for example or or medical expenses and i have an account where i spend money again for other things but really, it, the money comes in, as Karen says, for everyone. Mm. It's not it's not my money or her money. It, so it just reduces the conflict pretty quickly. Yeah, and there isn't a control thing. I think sometimes it it becomes a control situation where if one person earns, you know, a lot more than the other, it becomes a, con- a controlling thing. And you know, I've often I've, I have had friends. The spouse would be all on top of them the whole time for everything that they spend. And I think um, that's really important to have financial freedom. And uh, I mean, for me, it is I have a certain amount that I uh, that that's allocated each month for, you know, the different things that I need to pay. And and I'm responsible for that. And so is Vincent. And at the end of the day, we're both accountable to one. And so that's really, you know, it really has helped a lot with with I would say with with friction or or conflict in financial relationship. Okay, the second principle um, that we have is uh, seed money and bread money. This is an interesting one. It's a friend of ours, Alan Thompson. He's a successful business um, owner in South Africa. And, and he always taught us about this principle of, of seed and bread money. Now, your bread money is all the stuff that you consume or spend or enjoy, like holidays, for example. And your seed money is the seeds that you plant for a future harvest. So obviously you can think about a farmer, you know, he, he plants seeds uh, for that harvest in the future. But that seed could also be money that you put away into an investment portfolio or start your own business or anything that you're not going to consume immediately. So that's, you know, it's just a great principle to have. So Cara and I, we started, you know, seed investments with Ian and Tracy DeLange 15 years ago. And so after 15 years of seeds, those are now a harvest. And so the same thing that we did with other companies is just to really take part of the money and, and put that away for, for future harvests as opposed to eating all the bread now. Yeah, I think um, just, to, just to come in on that, uh, Vincent, I was just thinking of something very simple. Like in Canada, you get a, a child benefit monthly, which is great to get that little check in the mail, actual check doesn't get paid into an account and uh, you know so it it is it's it's i mean it's the you want to maybe spend that money you know you may you might think oh well this is a nice little check but if you if it goes straight into your account it just becomes part of that bottomless pit of of expenses but if you take that money and you put it towards the children's RESPs which is a great fund in Canada they have you know it's basically a college fund then it's it's just so much more useful to 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 put it towards that. I mean, this year we have a first year at university, and it was incredibly helpful to be able to take out those RESPs and pay that towards his tuition. 
Now, if I if we continue to spend that monthly little check of three hundred dollars, you know, it just vanishes before your eyes. But if you put it towards the RASP, then yeah, it'll grow, and that's really the seed. Hmm. That's very good. Thank you. The the third principle that we want to share is the wants and needs, and at the base of it, it really comes back to what is the family's principles or your values in the in the family, because that defines. For one family, what is a want, and for another family, that might be a need. We are Christian faith, and for us, it's important, for example, that our kids go to a Christian school. And obviously, in in Canada, you have to pay for that, so private education. And so, for us, that is a need and not a want. So, your needs are all the let's call them basic kind of things that you that you want to spend, that you need to spend money on, and then the wants are all the nice to haves. Uh, that you want to add on. So, for example, you know, Karen always says to the kids, for example, you know, sorry, we can't go on, you know, we can't go ski, for example, um, because we've used the money to uh, pay for tuition, you know, for the Christian schools. So, for us as a couple, it is sometimes just really important to to list the things that we want to do, all the ones, because the things that Vincent wants is maybe different to what Karen wants. And so, that's where the the discussion comes in in terms of how high does a specific element rank in terms of what the ones are. Yeah, I think it's it's very important to be quite clear on what uh, the needs are and what the wants are. I think that's important. And I think when it comes to wants, say, for example, a holiday or a new tennis racket or, you know, something like that, then it's it's important to actually identify those things and then to save up specifically for that, right? To have maybe a separate account, savings account, where you can save up for those things. Yeah, and I but think it just helps with the discussion. You know, yes. it's what are the expectations for us in terms of money, you know? Mm. Okay, good. The, the fourth one is giving. So we have this principle of 70-20-10. Do you want to explain that ratio for us? Yeah, so 70 is is basically your... Spending money. I'm saying spending money, not in in terms of spending money on holidays and things, but spending money. So the your expenses and the twenty percent would be your savings. And it's really important to make sure that there is money put away for savings because you need to have things like emergency funds and you're saving up for those ones that we just mentioned. And then the last one is the ten percent that we believe you should give away. Yeah, just that. So that's your giving part, and and we we're quite Serious that that's a non-negotiable principle. The, so the one thing that we've done for our children, especially for, for the eldest one, we had three bottles. And three jars. Three yes. jars. You know, the one we marked on spent, another one, the saving one, and then the other one, the giving one. So if they, for example, if they had um, spending money, well, pocket money for $10, and then we would encourage them to put $7 into the one and $2 in the other one and another dollar in the, in the third one. And that just kind of visually helped our kids to think through what to do with with that money as it comes in. Because obviously it's a little bit more difficult if you if you just have a bank account because it's up in the air. You know, it's not physical cash that you have. So it's sometimes good for smaller kids just to kind of visually see it. With our son later on, he created two other accounts with that. You know, one for spend, one for save. Well, actually, I think he had a Lego fund as well. 
you know, so where you can spend the Lego on. And then the third one was forgiving. So you can actually do it um, with bank accounts as well. Mm. And just on this, um, just quickly, for me, it's I think giving is such an important principle. And, you know, I think it's so important for us to be generous. We have to be have an open hand and be generous. And so, you know, just not, not just with our finances, but seeing that we're talking about finances today. I mean, I was thinking about small things, like we're not just talking about giving money to people. I was thinking of, you know, if somebody is sick and making them a meal, that type of thing. So just to have a generous heart, I think, is, is a very big, important principle. Okay, principle number five, it's contentment and accountability. Now, I can't remember how many times I had to make confessions for this. So contentment um, is really to be happy with what you have. And so we know, obviously, in, in, in the investment environment, they often talk about fear and greed with stock markets and so on. But this is really, it's coming home when we think about just life. What fears do I have about money or what greed do I have? You know, when do I fear about stuff and when am I greedy? When do I just want more and more and more? So that's something that I have learned and still learning is to be content Mm -hmm. with what we have and what I have and not to be greedy what other people have. Just, you know, that's just human nature, but that's something that we have to get right. Yes, I was thinking of, we did this short story when I was in high school. It's a D.H. Lauren short story, and it's called The Rocking Horse Winner. And it's, it's this part where the house whispers, the house has this whisper that there must be more money. And this whisper gets louder and louder all the time. It actually starts with the rocking horse, and then the walls start speaking, and there must be more money. And this was actually an affluent family. It wasn't a poor family. And I was just thinking about that whole principle of contentment and just thinking that for a lot of people, they have an insatiable need for more. And it's getting to that point where you realize what is enough. And I think the problem is that we always compare ourselves to, to people higher than us or to people wealthier than us or to people with more than us instead of, of being grateful. And I think that's probably the, the best solution to become content is to have a grateful heart to actually write down those things that you are grateful for, the mm. things that you have in your family, and also to teach it to your children. I mean, for my children, when they walk into a massive, big, beautiful home, to say, yes, you know, we can appreciate the beauty of this house, or yes, we appreciate the beauty of the red Lamborghini, but we're just so grateful for what we have. And I think that's that's a big thing because there's a lot of there's either people want more or they have a, a fear of lack, of not having enough. And it's getting to that point where you realize that what you have is enough and being grateful for it. So, Carl, I just quickly want to touch on accountability. And, you know, we, we do talk a lot about families and children. So and, I, and I'm also just a little bit conscious about single people. You know, so, I, 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 you know, we just really want to encourage the, the singles as well to have someone that you can be accountable. And obviously for the married couple as well, is to have your spouse to be accountable, again, you know, with your spouse, uh, with money that you spend (laughs) and money that you don't spend. So just that accountability kind of thing, to be open, frank about money and just, you know, just talk about money really. Yeah, I think think for me the accountability also comes into – when you are blessed with lots of finances, right? It's really important to be accountable to someone, probably outside the marriage, right? Because mm. I can convince you that I need that new red sports car 
And, you know, you could probably say, yes, you do. But it's, it's, it's when you are blessed with a lot of finances that you need someone outside your household to help you to remember those things that are important, to remember the open hand, the generosity. Yes, I think so. I think it's very important to be accountable to someone, even if it goes really well with you. Okay, so let's talk about practical steps to follow to really get this thing done. The first one is just start talking openly about money. You know, speak to your partner or your accountability partner and just kind of say, you know, how do you feel about money? Because it's really emotion. We know that, I don't know what the stat says, but I think it's like 80 or 90% of our decisions are based on feelings and not on facts. So we, it is important to start talking about your feelings because that will change uh, eventually. What your expectations are about money is important. You know, when, do you, when are you fearful and when are you greedy? So just to be honest and just start talking about these kind of things, we think is really important. Mm-hmm. I think secondly, it's really knowing what your values are as a family. So we, we, we did this exercise with our children where we, we all wrote down the things that we think that are important for us as a family and what kind of values. And then we all decided upon four or five values and uh, we even made a family crest. We painted like a whole big, you know, piece of uh, cloth with all these values on it, just as a constant reminder of what it is. And if you know what your values are, then you know what you what kind of money you can spend towards things. If you have a value of generosity, then it's important to give, right? So it's it's looking at your values to you know to help you to steer you to steer you towards your your financial goals. Okay, and the third one is start small. And, and this is something that I've learned from a friend of mine, Mike Poulon in Vancouver. And he always says, you know, it's small steps in the, in the same direction. So if we just think about the 70-20-10 principle, it might feel a little bit daunting if you haven't saved and if, if you haven't started giving, you know, to start now afresh. So what we what we think is a good thing is just to start small Start with the next level of increase that you will get. So let's say you get extra $500, whatever, as an increase. Maybe just start with that $500 where you save a portion and you give a portion away. And then you can work yourself back into the whole system. You know, just small steps and uh, that will kind of create a habit over long term. Well, great. Connor, thank you so much for for joining my podcast. It was great to have you. Thank you. I really enjoyed being here. Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. You can find our content on wallstack.ca or on LinkedIn. I'm Vincent Hayes, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast Series.